Hey everybody, my name is Austin. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Colton. And we're three close friends who have a desire to share our lives, experiences, and our pursuit of Christ, all from a biblical perspective. You're listening to the Exiles Podcast. Let's talk about it. In a world where three friends... Start three, a podcast. Very close, friend. And spend five minutes talking about something. <laughs> and realize you were never recorded to begin with. <laughs> oh, man. So, oh, man. There's such good content, too. I think it's so funny that every time we come to record, I walk in the house late, as I do. And I'm like, hey, is everything set up? And Austin's like, we can't set up until Jonathan's done dilly-dallying with whatever he's done. And I'm like, why? And Austin's like, I don't know how to do it. It's his computer and his software. No, yep. no, no. It's crazy. I, yep. I, yep. I had no problem just hooking up one mic. It's the two mics that get me. I don't know how to hook up two mics. Two is infinitely bigger than one. <laughs> just, his brain can't fathom. It's twice can't, as much. It's I can't do it. It's I cannot twice do as it. much. Yeah. <laughs> it took him years to figure out one mic. Notice how look, he could never do, figure I out I do two. all the editing. Mm-hmm. You, you set up the mic. We use your house. What does Colton do? What do you do? As far as this goes, actually, I talked to uh, I don't know, I talked to your brother in law, and I was like, Hey, can Which you? One? Oh, okay, and I was like, Can you uh, teach Colton how to make one of those sound bites? He's like, Yeah, man, it's super easy. He never did because mm. he is a typical Gen Z, he is loser. I'm just kidding, <laughs> <laughs> he's never gonna listen to this, is he not? Uh, no, I mean, he is Gen Z, yeah, yeah, yeah. is he really? Yeah, no, he's a couple years younger than us, and we're the last of the millennials. Are we? Well, I am. You're technically Gen Z. No. Yeah, you don't are. Put me in that I promise you are. I or is there one in between Gen Z? Is there one in between millennial and Gen Z? I no, there's not. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're Gen Z. No, I'm millennial. <laughs> no, you're not. Millennial? Yes, I am. No, I'm telling you, 1995 is quite literally the cutoff. I was born in 1995. No, you weren't. Yes, I was. No, you weren't. You were born in 1996. I think I think it depends on what you're looking at because I've seen where 1996 is born millennial. Never seen that. All right, I'm looking it up right Google now. Google it. Continue what y'all are talking about. Just Go Google ahead. millennial gonna... dates. No, don't Google is 1996 and millennial. Just Google millennial dates. Millennial dates. You got it. Uh, how was y'all's Memorial Day? Because mine was good. So y'all go ahead. It was good. How was yours? <laughs> it was less than mediocre. <laughs> Why was it? <laughs> Less than mediocre. <laughs> me, and my buddy, me and my buddy at home used to joke around. So if we ever started a band, we'd call it Less Than Mediocre. That'd be a killer band. That's TM right there. It's trademark intellectual That's property. Trademark. No one can have that. I still might start one yet. I love it. Less Than Mediocre. That's we, a fantastic We name. are Less Than Mediocre. You can't get mad at that point. You really can't. Right? <laughs> USA Today. Put it out. Is that, who, is that your source of <laughs> truth? That's your source of truth. It was the first one that popped up. Here it is. That. It's the first one that popped up. Okay. Colton and Jonathan as my witness. If you were born between 1981 and 1996, you are a millennial. I don't, I don't buy it. 1996. I think I said 86. 1996. Anyone born after that is in a different generation. You were technically born after 1996. I was born in 1996. <laughs> Does it say... Up to 1996 or up to Ooh. 1997? It says anyone born between 1981 and 1996. Yeah, so that means 1982 and 1995. No, that's not what it means. <laughs> that's between those years. It doesn't say in those years. 
Okay, we'll have to look. Look, here's Yahoo News. Here we go. Listen, of all the explanations why you are the way you are, I would take this as a W, saying, oh, I'm a millennium. I mean, I'm a Gen Z. I can't help myself, you know. The other <laughs> explanations aren't so aren't so kind. Gen Z, I'm not a Gen Z. There, there is just a different approach to life than I have than Gen Zs that have. Mm. Like millennials and Gen Zs, there's just a completely different approach to life. A completely different outlook on technology and all this. If I was Gen Z, I could put, I could make these mics work. He's not Gen Z, and he made the mics work. So but what's he, your, he what's your tr- counter he to trans- that? He transcends, you know. I trans- he transcends. Jonathan, <laughs> I'm a be, trilineal. That's right. Jonathan, <laughs> Jonathan could fit in any of them. Jonathan could fit Gen, Gen, Gen X. Would any of us be surprised if Jonathan was Gen X? I wouldn't be. I don't even know what Gen X is. Gen X is our parents. Well, not your parents. Your mom's a baby boomer. Maybe. What's before that? What is what? before that? <laughs> I'm just Gen, they, they were all baby boomers before that, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I the range of the baby boomers. I guess she was a baby boomer. She is. What I can tell you about well, Gen Z. She transcended Z. that because she didn't have me until she was 41. I can tell you something about Gen Z. I can tell you something about Gen Z. You they're, tell me first. They're not very wise. Oh, you stole it, man. <laughs> you stole it. I was going to say that. Oh, man. <laughs> That's hilarious. All right. We have a topic today. It is called The Pursuit of Wisdom. What Godly wisdom, what I would say. So, we want to talk about a little bit of that. I think one of the reasons little why... A little bit of this, a little bit of that. That's little right. A little bit of godly wisdom, right? We want to talk about what does it mean to pursue godly wisdom. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Oh, don't worry about it. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> you just keep tracking. Okay. Don't pay attention to me. All right. Anyways. He's about to tell you that this mic's not recording. <laughs> no. <laughs> Hey, we've been recording for 10 minutes. and Okay, so we talked about, the, we had this discussion about, um, you know, who is wise among us and stuff like that, who can be wise and who typically is more wise. And in the past, all three of us have had this conversation. And I think Colton and I, like we typically do, we start off on the same page and then very quickly in that argument, Colton jumps ship, which always happens, and he goes on Jonathan's side. Because but Jonathan is essentially, essentially what I did is, <laughs> foolishly, I went to an extreme. I was like, you know what? Young people can be wise. And that is true. Young people can be wise. But I would say that I was making an argument like, look at Spurgeon and look at this and look at all these pastors who were so wise at such a young age. And I... And I took that as normative, and I don't think that it is normative for people just to be like Spurgeon at age 16 or and start a college at age 20 and stuff like that. You know, Spurgeon was wise beyond his years. But I did think it was a good topic because none of us would say that wisdom is not for the young. You know, like wisdom can be obtained by those who are young, those who are old, those who are middle-aged and all those other things. And so... Um, I think we're just going to talk about that a little bit. I'm like, what does it look like for us to pursue godly wisdom? And so let me start off with this. What is godly wisdom? Cue the wise man. Cue the wise Yeah, he's the oldest among us, so go mm-hmm, ahead. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What <laughs> is godly wisdom? As he strokes his beard, as all wise men do. That could be an easy question or it could be a hard question. <laughs> Answering it just like a wise man. You sound like my grandfather right now. Maybe you should ask a question with a question. What is the difference between godly wisdom and ungodly wisdom? Oh, I'll talk about or, that later. Or will you? Yep. Sweet. Or does all wisdom come from God ultimately? Ooh, man, 
It's a good question, but I would say no. Probably not. <laughs> you can tell he was not ready to answer that question. What do you think? What is what is godly wisdom? <laughs> I think first it comes from um, the first thing that comes to mind. I was telling some students today about. I was talking. We were talking about wisdom, knowledge, things of that nature, and I think wisdom first flows from knowledge. So that's the first thing is we have to have a knowledge and. Um, <clears throat> You know, Proverbs 1 tells us that uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, right? And so we can't we can't know or we can't be wise unless first we know. So knowledge is key. We have to be able to say we are knowledgeable in something mm-hmm. to be wise about something. Um, so that's what I would say is key. We have to have knowledge of the Lord. We have to have knowledge of the scriptures, of Christ, the spirit. Uh, we don't have to be infinitely knowing about them. We don't have to have an all-encompassing knowledge, but we have to be able to say, there are certain things that we do know we do grasp uh, mm-hmm. from there I would say that wisdom is having having not only the knowledge but also the experience and application of the knowledge within the specific situation that you may find yourself in um, you know so if, if the Lord says let's just say like on the Sermon of the Mount you know he's talking about loving your brother or hating your brother wisdom or that means you know if i hate my brother it's he's i've killed my brother in my heart those kind of things so i now have the knowledge of of what it means to to kill my brother or to hate my brother uh now what does it look like for me to practically not hate him <laughs> you know even though i may at times be really annoyed by it how do i actively live that out in my everyday life and uh you know i think that's where the wisdom comes in so i can have the knowledge of something but if i don't practically apply it and i'm not practically utilizing it and it's not affecting the way that i live my life then i don't really have i've not really gained any wisdom from it mm-hmm. i've just had some head knowledge about it so that's how i would say it's just like a perfectly dumb answer all right that's how i would describe it so go ahead go ahead man no i, I was going <laughs> i was going to ask a question does it? Do you have to experience something in order to gain wisdom? In a sense. In a sense. Okay, go ahead. I'll answer can, that one later. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> what I was going to say was Colton just, in a long way, answered my cryptic answer. Yes. The short oh, answer. I did it. <laughs> the short answer of what is godly wisdom is it's wisdom that comes from God. It's this informed. He's deformed, informed decisions, decision making. That comes from knowledge from God. Mm-hmm. But I think even more pointedly there, it's like, you know, if you differentiate between godly wisdom and worldly wisdom, you know, it can have similarities, but I think the ultimate the ultimate differentiation is the aim. Like, where does it get us? Like, sometimes you make a decision and it's like, it's wise or it's unwise. Is it wise to drive 90 miles an hour and a 30 mile an hour? Probably not. Probably not. So that's kind of a universal thing. Is that godly or ungodly? Is that just kind of normal wisdom? And so I think I think it could be both. I think it depends on how you apply it, right? In that situation, how are we applying this knowledge? We have this information, right? If if the beginning of the wisdom is the fear of the Lord, you can't fear the Lord, or you can't uh, respect the Lord or revere the Lord or worship the Lord unless you know the Lord. The beginning of the wisdom is knowing the Lord, knowing who he is. Part of knowing who he is is knowing how he acts, how he operates, and how he expects us to act. And so, like, that wisdom is kind of that informed, pointed decision-making. Mm-hmm. Like, I know these things, and I've inter- internalized these things to the point to where it now informs my application, right? That's what he was saying, this knowledge and this application. So that's, there's the short and the long answer. Huh. 
You thought I wasn't ready to answer, mm. but that was my answer. <laughs> what was your question there? Which one? The one that you asked. Just then? But before you got you answered that? Yeah. No, the other one that you asked before the, the one that I asked the, that you asked. The, the <laughs> my question was, is do you have to experience life in order to have wisdom? Yes. Either personally or by proxy. All right. Love it. I think that's good. Yeah. I think there's a ton of anecdotal wisdom in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. How we, how, how are we? Well, I'm gonna back up and say not yes all the time, but at some point you do have to experience something in order to act out wisdom, right? But I think like if you look at how wisdoms communicate, like even like the proverbs or even like proverbial stories in the Old Testament or, um parables in the new testament there's this like you're not really experiencing it but kind of like by proxy as a third party receiving these stories these stories that give wisdom and gain wisdom like do you have to experience something personally or do you have to have a story about it before you gain wisdom on the thing not necessarily but it's one of the most used tools right absolutely yeah 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 well i think i think the the experience allows us to practice what we've what we've learned right Mm -hmm. the actual experience like if i've never had a kid and I don't know what it's like to be a father or to discipline my child or to, you know, hold, have a specific standard or whatever. I can beforehand listen to all the advice that was given to me by other godly men and their wisdom that they've experienced and then have the opportunity to apply it in my situation. So I've, one, I at least have the knowledge of, you know, hey, I'm, I'm a father. I'm supposed to take care of my child in this way, teach them X, Y, and Z. I don't know what that looks like. So I'm going to go talk to you know, X person over here and they've experienced it. So what did you do? What did you find that was helpful? Uh, and now I can in turn take that wisdom and knowledge that I've, you know, experienced from them or received from them and apply it and see the fruit of it myself, or I can toss it and decide to go a different way and, you know, forego the wisdom that I've, that I've received. Yeah. The second half of that verse too, in Proverbs one says that fools, despise instruction. Ooh, you know, yeah. They don't like wisdom. Yeah. But, I mean, to your point, so basically what you're saying is until we get to that point, that moment of experience, like where we're actually able to, put this, uh, able to put this stuff into practice, we just have this stored up knowledge. And then mm-hmm. it's depending on what do we do with this knowledge when the moment of application comes. Yeah. That will determine whether someone is living in godly wisdom or yeah. worldly wisdom or... You know, ungodly wisdom. That's the pivot point. That's yeah. the pivot point. It's pivot, like yeah. you can the have, moment of truth. You can have all the knowledge in the world. Like you can you can have John Calvin level knowledge, right? But this this dude just studied the Bible and knew things and wrote the Institutes at like twenty six. This volume that's so dense, like I don't know if anybody any of us could really penetrate the depths of yeah. you know Calvin's Institute. <laughs> we might not want to. There's some wacky stuff in there, you know. But that's either here or there. But this dude's twenty six years old. He knows all these things, right? And, and I'm sure he was a wise guy, but like. You could have that same level of knowledge, but then whenever whenever you were met with a situation, if you didn't act on it or act on it with the intention or with the heart of pleasing God, then you're just not wise in a godly manner. You can be you can be wise but not wise in a godly mm-hmm. manner. You know, I think that's really key when we talk about when we talk about pursuing wisdom and that the the beginning of knowledge is the fear of the Lord, right? When you think about that fear, what are we talking about? Are we talking about like frightening type of fear, scared type of fear? And I think what you just said, it's 
it's this fear of like, I want to please the Lord. Like, I don't want to displease the Lord. It's a fearful mm-hmm. thing to displease the Lord because he's been so good and he's been so gracious and his, and his laws and his precepts and his statutes and his word is so so informative and for my life to be fruitful. And and so I do think that, I think it's important that we understand that like a proper fear of the Lord is going to help us inf- help inform our how we apply this wisdom, you know. Mm-hmm. And I really think that, that me and Greg were talking about that. And he pointed that out that it's, it's this fear of like we have such a good father. Like who would want to disappoint such a good father? And so like, you know, you think about it, like before I do these things, like would this be disappointing to the Lord? I think about Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, when Paul goes to that list, like whatever is honorable, whatever is good, whatever is, you know, and he just lists all these things. Whatever is worthy of praise, think on these things. And then he's like, what you've seen in me, what you've watched, heard from me, what you've learned from me, do these things, practice these things. I mean, Paul just gives out the, here's an explanation for wisdom right here in Philippians 4, uh, 4 8, 9. Yeah, I was going to say, I think to that same point, like we were talking in our small group last night in James 1, 13 through 18, and uh, we were kind of honing in at one point on the fact that uh, um, James says that uh, every good and perfect gift is from above, right? Given to us from the Father of light, and then that no shadow is cast, right? Mm-hmm. Everything is in perfection. I think I think even to that, like even though we we fear the disappointment, for me it's a we have we have a good good father who's given us everything. I mean, every good and perfect gift is from above. Literally, there is nothing good in our lives that comes from any location other than God. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you, when you think about it like that, like I, I think of like my child. We just had a birthday party for her, man, and she got so many gifts. And uh, not all of those gifts were from me, right? So as much as she loved them, not every single one of those gifts is from me. And yet we have a father who every single gift that every single person has ever received that is good has come from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's, that's another mentality there. So e- even in that fear, it's a, man, God, you have done so much for me. And why would I ever want to step out of that? You know, Why would I ever want to <laughs> seek wisdom from any place other than you? Um, because every bad thing that's ever happened in my life is because of my sinfulness. It's because of my selfishness. That's where I lead into, we, you know, we talked, we've kind of been around this, but like the, the wisdom that is from above is always good. It's always peaceable. This is what James three tells us, but you have to realize that, um, the way that I always try and make sure that I'm differentiating between godly wisdom and ungodly wisdom is in James chapter three. He says, uh, if you have bitter jealousy, selfish ambition in your hearts, um, you know, this is not wisdom that comes from above. It is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. It is jealous and is selfishly ambitious. And where this exists, uh, every disorder and every vile practice will also be, mm-hmm. right? So, like, I think if, if you're struggling with the idea of what is wise, what is of God, and what do I need to do in a specific situation, like, let's tie it all together in that way, then, like, understand and ask yourself, am, am I seeking after this thing or am I seeking to do this thing out of selfish ambition and jealousy? Or am I seeking it, you know, is is my questioning, is it of above? Is it mm-hmm. from the Lord? Is it peaceable? Mm-hmm. Is it certain and things of that nature? So I think that's an important aspect for us to be thinking about as we have this conversation. That's a super good setup for our next episode. Oh, what's so the next episode? Y'all keep that in mind as, uh, as you keep Colton's last little spill there about um, contentment and the pursuit of ambition. Oh, in your career. So we keep, just learned what our next episode was about. Keep keep, Aww, keep yeah. that on your mind as uh, 
as you listen to our next episode. A little. I think uh, turning the corner here really fast. So if the episode is about pursuing godly wisdom, then how does one pursue godly wisdom? Um, I have uh, one verse that comes to my mind is Jeremiah 15, 16. Um, Of course, Jeremiah 15, 16, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm about to read it to you. But before I... (laughs) Before I do, I, I, I did want to, like, it, it's just the prophet has come to this place where he's just, he's hungry to know the Lord and, and, and his word. And he I'll says, that's what he says. Look, here's what he says. Uh, he says, your words were found and I ate them and your words became to me a joy and, a, and the delight of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord, God of hosts. Um, and so I think that. We, we need to have this desire and this joy uh, and this longing to know the Lord through his word. You know, we can't just keep, we, we can't just pursue God with imagination. Like, oh, I think God would want me to do this or I think God would want me to do that. You know, WWJD, what would Jesus do? Well, don't discount that now. now I'm not discounting it, but Be oftenti- easy now. Hold up. Be easy. But oftentimes when that phrase is used, it's used in this like very, uh, I would say, irresponsible way. Where it's like, you know, they just kind of throw it. of the listener. They just kind of throw it up there like, what would Jesus do? And it's like, well, I don't know. What does his word say to do? You know, and they're like, well, I don't really care about what his word says. So you're telling me that I should read the Bible and know the Lord so that I can know what would Jesus do? That's right. But I should never ask that question. <laughs> no, I'm saying you should ask that question. But you I, fool. I think, <laughs> don't ask what Jesus would do. Just do it. But you know what I mean. You, we all know we have those guys. They wear those shirts and those wristbands. And it's like, but what would Jesus do? And they're like, oh. I haven't seen a wristband that said WWJD in, in at years. least 20 years. Well, you weren't you around student ministry. You weren't around student ministry in a while. <laughs> they are alive and well, let me tell you. So that's where I think about it. It's like, well, what would Jesus do? And they're like, oh, I don't really know. You ask yourself that? How dare you? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> the only person listening who's going to take that the wrong way. Everybody else knows what I mean when I refer to that. You're pretty presumptive. Yep. That's so true. That's, I would say, just a desire to know the Lord through his word. What about you, Jonathan? I think... Um, it's super duper helpful that we have a whole section of the Bible that has been classified as wisdom literature. Ooh, yeah. You know what I mean? And so really leaning into the Proverbs, really leaning into Ecclesiastes, leaning into even Song of Solomon. Yeah, yeah. It's wisdom. It's all there. I was going to throw that one out, just like, boom, just throw it out there and just let it sit and see if y'all are going to say anything, but go ahead. I'm not going to comment on that right now as much as I'd like to. <laughs> go ahead. But I do think, uh, you know, you, you read the Old Testament, and then also now we're just talking about Solomon the other day, which is a proverb in and of himself, right? But talk about gaining wisdom, gaining, uh, it's debatable whether it was godly wisdom all the time, right? He was a wise guy, but maybe it wasn't always. Ooh. Acted on in the, in, the, in the best way, but nevertheless, you do have um, the musings, the inspired writings of the so-called wisest man to live, other than Christ. And so, there's a lot of just phenomenal. There again, almost anecdotal wisdom. Don't do this. Do this. If you do this, this happens. When I saw this guy do this, this is what happened. And so. Solomon gained this wisdom from God. He he gained the ability to watch humans 
And I think there's something pretty, pretty innate about wisdom is like understanding the human condition also. Like if you read the, if you read Ecclesiastes and you read Proverbs and you know that Solomon, if anything, understood the human condition and understood the human heart mm -hmm. and its inclinations. And so I think understanding how good God is and understanding how bad we are is a, is a huge milestone in the pursuit of wisdom. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I do come back to James. James is so practical for me. But, um, you know, I think of James 3, obviously, as a lot. I would just encourage you to go read James. Jeremiah 15, 16 is a good one, too. Yeah, that's what I, I heard. I heard that's a good what? one. Yeah. James, I, I, enjoy, <laughs> I enjoy James 3 because he, 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 he really lays out that uh, godly wisdom is first uh, pure, right? Then peaceable. It is gentle. It's full of mercy. So I think when you're seeking godly wisdom, I think that it's the opposite of earthly wisdom. But I really want to tie that back into James chapter 1, um, where he's talking about the difference between trials and temptations. And something that I think he says really clearly in chapter 1 about temptation, and I think this all leads together, is um, that, uh, let's see what he says. I, get, I can't remember. I want to make sure I get it exactly right. Uh, uh, let let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. And then he follows it up, do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. So I, I would really encourage you that as you're thinking through how to apply wisdom, you have to recognize that uh, first, every a lot of desires that are coming from within, uh, they are of the flesh. And uh, if we're not careful, then it's it's a desire that will lead to, to sin and lead to death. And so, um, but wisdom from above, whether to do this or not do that, to go to this place or go to that place, whatever it is, um, wisdom from above will be, it will first be pure. So you're not gonna feel, you're not gonna, you're not gonna feel that jaded is this wrong, you know, when it when it's coming from the Lord. You're gonna feel a purity about it. Mm -hmm. Why do I want to do this? Why do I want to go to this? Why do I want to be with that person or have children or whatever it is? It's gonna be a pure reasoning behind it, and then what will follow will be peace and every other good fruit and every other, you know, reality of the mm -hmm. situation. So I think the ultimate litmus test there is. Godly wisdom always adds to the glory of God. Mm, quote it. Wow. We're going to put that one down on the Facebook comment when we share it. That's that's going in there. That's, that's good. I like that. I, I can it, send man. that one out. Thank I you. It. I think that's a good place to stop. What do you think? Well, I thought we, we, we did forget one big key application to pursuing godly wisdom. Oh, gosh. Did Give it? it to us. Pray. Pray. Pray for godly wisdom. Pray. Yeah, I love it. James talks about that. I thought that's where you were going when you mentioned it. But yeah, yep. if you lack in anything, yeah, let him go to the Lord who answers mm -hmm. and gives abundantly. For sure, for sure. You really stole my thunder there. Were you about to say that? <laughs> no, he no, wanted. No, I was just. I mean, I was just sitting. His there ending was perfect, and then it was good. And then you I'm just sorry. throw that in there. The word, the word. It's not better. surprising that Austin would try to steal your thunder. Well, you know what you forgot, <laughs> <laughs> and you know about this. Why is it? Why is this one pick on Austin show? Well, you know. What did I do? I referenced the Bible. I was like, oh, look at this guy referencing the Bible. Mm -hmm. Anyways, I think that's a great place to wrap things up. Be the sure to connect with us. place. The <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Does anyone else have a last one? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's gonna wrap. I got one up more thing. <laughs> That's going to wrap things up for us. Be sure to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at The Exiles Pod, as well as private messages, any question you may want answered. You can also contact us with your questions by emailing us at theexilespod at gmail.com. We have a new podcast every Tuesday, uh, most Tuesdays. We'll throw that in there. But before you exit off, be sure to leave a review, share this episode with your friends, and, and give us a like. And until next time, peace. See you. Yep.